Welcome back to America's leading higher education podcast network, the EdUp Experience, where we make education your business. This is EdUp EdTech, dedicated to interviewing leaders at the front end of technology and innovation in education, hosted by the amazing, the outstanding, the incredible Holly Owens. Now let's get to it and hear from your host, Holly Owens. Every semester, Yellow Dig brings tens of thousands of learners from the back rows of their classrooms to the center of the conversation. Our interactive community building platform allows students to post, interact, and share limitless content with our fun and engaging features that they'll enjoy using throughout the semester. Whether it's online, hybrid, or in person, our signature patented score system displays grades in real time and provides an accurate breakdown of their performance, so students can always know where they stand throughout the course. It also passes grades seamlessly to most learning management systems, which saves instructors a ton of administrative work. You can start using YellowDig for free for a full academic semester if you're eligible. You can learn more about eligibility, see the platform in action, and read case studies on YellowDig's efficacy on our website, yellowdig.co. YellowDig, learn together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another remarkable episode of EdUp EdTech. My name is Holly Owens, and I'm your host. And put your seatbelts on because we have a fantastic guest with us today. We have Katie Kapler, who is the co-founder and CEO of Inscribe with us. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Holly. I'm excited to be here. I cannot wait to get into the conversation. Like I was telling you before the episode, I'm seeing Inscribe everywhere, and I have heard of it before in my travels throughout education and higher education, so I'm really excited to talk to you and share all the wonderful things, but before we get into that, I want to talk about you, and I want you to tell us about your journey into educational technology and how you ultimately landed as a co-founder and CEO with Inscribe. Yeah, so I, my origin story is actually that I have been in the education technology space really my entire career. Um, I was fortunate that I sort of fell into um, my first job at a Denver-based ed tech startup called eCollege. So um, eCollege, for those people that aren't familiar, it was one of the early LMS providers in the space, learning management providers, launching kind of in the mid-90s. Um, but what was really unique about eCollege was it was really the only LMS provider that decided to focus on the fully online learning space. So if you were an institution that was doing full online programs back at that time, you were probably using eCollege as your backbone technology. And what that meant for me is not only did I get to just sort of be at the forefront of the online learning movement, but it also meant that I was exposed very early on to um, working almost exclusively with non-traditional students. So, you know, students who are parenting, working, returning to school after a long time. Um, and it also sort of illustrated to me the power of technology to democratize access to learning and knowledge for this population of students for whom, you know, going on campus for four years just wasn't feasible. 
So just really the power of technology to open up access to learning for an entirely different group of individuals. So that was very powerful and meaningful to me. Um, what was also evident though, during that time at eCollege was there was so much energy going into how do we use technology to recreate aspects of the classroom um, and things that would happen in that classroom modality and not a lot of thought going into how do we use technology to recreate or enhance all the other things that comprise a learning experience? Because if you think about it, what happens in the classroom is just a tiny slice of your learning process and your experience at an institution. It's also about the relationships that you're building, the conversations that you have after class, the connections that you're making with peers and other people at the institution. So um, when my co-founders and I started Inscribe, it was really about how do we create a technology platform that thinks about those other spaces, those third spaces in education and creates um, a virtual version of that so students can have that benefit as well. Yeah, it sounds like it's a, you know, you learned a lot about the community from the non-traditional learners and how that exists outside of the online classroom. So that definitely, I'm sure, helped you in your journey as the, the co-founder and CEO. And I'm so glad to hear that you were one of like, you were on the the leading edge, or if you will, um, of the technology and online learning. And that the LMS was just all about online before it was a thing, you know, <laughs> before it was this huge, this huge fad. Um, it's not a fad, it's not going away, but before it was like at the front of everybody's mind. So what a great story. Um, and with that, so as you've taken this journey um, into the ed tech space and now you're, you're your own co-founder, how would you personally define educational technology? Um, so that's such an interesting question. I mean, I would always, I always lean into the broadest definition when it comes to anything related to education. You know, education isn't just this like point in time. Um, and I would apply that same concept to educational technology, I think. It's really an all-encompassing. I think that also the sort of interesting um, component to that is thinking about the, the role of technology in education and what is the appropriate role of technology in education. Um, there's sort of two camps sometimes that people fall into there, which is this idea of technology replacing humans so because that's the way that we're going to make education better faster more effective um i don't fall into that camp and actually i believe the role of technology is really about enhancing humans and making them more effective in how i love what you just <laughs> said there sorry to interrupt you i no, just absolutely that was so well said the enhancing of humans. And I think you're right. You touched on a very valid point there is that people are afraid that it's going to replace them. And we do have a lot of conversations about that on the shows. Sorry, go ahead. That was no, just so I like mean, that really was. It's very top of mind, right? And yes, I sometimes will say like, even if there's the opportunity for replacement, is that really the ideal situation? Because again, you're there, you're creating this narrow definition of education as the consumption and acquisition of knowledge, but that's not really all that education is about, right? It's about learning about people and building relationships and understanding how to navigate the complexity of our world, et cetera, et cetera. You're not going to get that exclusively through interaction with technology. So that's why we always describe 
although Inscribe is a technology product, we have some AI that is a component of that. We will always describe Inscribe as a human first platform. It's, ah, I love it. It is all about letting students see each other and see the people who are helping them and understand that when they have a question or they need help, they're not the only person that has that question or needs that help. And you know, you, I think people sometimes don't recognize how powerful just being a part of a community and seeing other people with similar struggles, ideas, you know, um, uh, challenges how like reaffirming that is for a student and helping them build their confidence. So technology is super important. There's a lot of ways that I have seen it be used again to really open up access to learning, but I, but you can't remove the humans from the system and expect the holistic experience to remain intact. That's very true. And I totally agree with you. And I always say that as much as I am like an advocate for educational technology and all this, these wonderful things that we have access to, there has to be meaning behind it. And the meaning that you're talking about comes from the human experience. And like you said, building those communities. Yeah. So very, very well said. I loved how you described that in that way and that, you know, that the AI exists and it's there and it's very helpful, but you can't do away with the human experience because then it just becomes more like, you know, just a machine without power behind it, essentially. Yeah, totally agree. So let's get into some things about Inscribe so we can tell the audience what the, all the fabulous things that you're doing there. So, you know, talk up to say, you know, they've never heard of Inscribe, what products or services, you know, that you guys have and how do you help institutions or organizations in education? So give us the lowdown. Yeah, for sure. So I hinted at it, obviously. Yes, you did um, a great job kind of like <laughs> setting us up for like, I'm like, okay, okay, you know, and now it's the big reveal. The big reveal. So um, as you probably gathered, uh, Inscribe is a virtual community platform. So our goal is to create uh, always available spaces where st students can connect with their peers, with faculty and staff across their institution. Um, and it becomes a space where when a student needs help, when they have a question, when they just need to reach out to somebody, they can turn to their virtual community um, and do that there. So it doesn't matter what question they have or what time of day it is, um, they always have this place that they can go. Um, and, and this is doubly important because, you know, it, um, borrowing from my earlier work, we really do focus on working with institutions who are supporting non-traditional students. So again, students who are working in parenting and um, probably learning online in a lot of cases. So these are students who the traditional mechanisms of support don't really work for them. You know, they can't set up a meeting during the day because they're really studying in the night and on the weekends, or, you know, they send an email off and it just goes into the you know, ether and nobody ever responds or it's right. Days, it's gone. Know, it's, it's, in, it's in cyber web space somewhere right. floating around. <laughs> right. And that's very unsatisfying and frustrating from the student's perspective. But on the institution side, you know, they can't hire a hundred people, hundred extra people. They can't staff 24 seven. So how do you create a solution that both meets the needs of these students, gives them a place to turn to, but also is cost effective um, and improves scalability for the institution. So that's what we focus on. Um, so our communities really work across the entire student life cycle. We have communities that are around admissions, student services, academics and learning, career planning, um, but they're really conceptually the same. 
It says, um, you know, in this community, we're going to connect you with your classmates and with the experts on campus who have the answers that you're going to need in this particular space. When you have a question, come here. Anybody can answer. So it really also encourages peer-to-peer -peer support and conversation. And then, oh, by the way, we're going to take that answer that you got and store it. So if another student comes along and has a similar question, they can get the answer they need right away. Let's get you to the answer as fast as possible. Let's reduce the number of times that that expert at the institution is answering the question, you know, 100 or 200 times. Over and over. And I've been in queues of tickets where I've basically <laughs> had a boilerplate yeah, document right? of responses and just copy paste, copy paste. So that's really awesome that you're offering that level of support like any time of day, because I know when students leave the classroom, whether that's, you know, in the online space or even in the face to face setting, they kind of go into their own little rabbit holes yeah. um, and they they don't know. They're like, oh, where do I where do I go for support? And especially when you're talking about the non-traditional student who's really becoming like more of the traditional student nowadays and like outnumbering you know the 18 year olds that are going to college you're offering such a valuable community of support to them that it's going to help them succeed in their pursuit of you know their goals whether that's another degree or certificate so i think that's amazing yeah absolutely i know and um i think you made a good point too which is a lot of times students it's like, I'm too busy. I can't, you know, to figure this out. I don't even know where to go for help with my particular question. Like there's so many barriers that sometimes get in the way of the student just raising their hand, quote, like theory, you know, um, saying that I need assistance that like, let's just make it easy for them. And exactly. Remove, like, small barriers can become giant mountains, which can become a reason that a student stops out and doesn't succeed. So like, let's just remove as much of that um, friction as we can from the process. Yeah, and I remember a long in a long galaxy far, far away when I was an undergrad, um, you know, I didn't feel comfortable with navigating all the systems on campus till I was about a junior. So that's like two whole years of my life trying to figure out how do you register? How, where do you go yeah. to, to pay your bill? You know, what about financial aid? So you have to like run around like students nowadays don't really have to do this because of these virtual options that exist, but like running around trying to figure out how everything works when dates are due. So this really streamlines that. Exactly. Um, and then they feel supported in their efforts, you know, at the institution. So I, I don't know. I just, I, I wish this existed back when I was an undergrad. <laughs> Well, when you go on to get your next degree. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm finishing this, Katie. It's going to be finished next summer. I'm at the last stage doctoral and I'm not doing any more. <laughs> I'm done after that. But I can recommend this product to where I'm taking my doctoral program and say, this is something valuable that your, yeah. your students need. Um, because, you know, you do as an online student, we can get into this a little bit, feel very isolated in your programs yeah like, I don't know a lot I, I know my original cohort but I don't know a lot of other you know other cohorts have come in but I don't really know those other students and you do you like have a tendency like I'm isolated I don't know who to ask you know you can go to the program lead you know who the, those people are but what about the other students that's yeah. definitely something to explore we just did a talk the other day with one of our partners Fort Hayes State University and they surveyed their students 
as people did, especially during COVID. But one of the things that came back from those surveys was they found out that their online students, more than 60% of their online students never spoke to another student outside of what was they were assigned to do in the classroom. I know. It was, That's, that doesn't surprise me, honestly. It was so, it was so shocking to me to see that, like how high that number was. And so um, it is isolating. It doesn't just feel isolating. It is very isolating. And, you know, students need that connection to, to keep their motivation going and to sort of continue to have the confidence that they can complete those degrees. And so it's very rewarding. Every time we put up one of these communities and see students just gravitate immediately in there, sort of, um, we have communities where, although there are experts from the institution, they can't get to the questions fast enough to answer them before another student has jumped in to help one of their peers. Wow. And their students just really want to give back and are, are really craving this. And so it's, yes, it's very rewarding always to see how they step into these spaces and use them. I'm so glad because that's that talks about kind of the culture you've created around the products that you provide. And I, I do want you to talk about, you know, whether you have a user case you can share or just some of the things that you're hearing from your customers. What are some of the top features of the product, you know, besides this, this community aspect of just having that access to ask questions any time of day and get the, where you need to go on campus? What are some of the things that are people are just like speaking so highly of? Surprise your students on day one with an interactive community building platform that allows them to post, interact, access their grades, and share limitless content. Thanks to our fun and engaging features that they'll enjoy using throughout the semester. Whether it's online, hybrid, or in person, you can start using YellowDig for free for a full academic semester if you're eligible. For more information on eligibility and how YellowDig works, please visit yellowdig.co. YellowDig. Learn together. Yeah, so we always think about these sort of three areas where we consistently see value being brought to the table when people implement Inscribe. One is just the, the practical side, as we've been talking about, of students like have questions, they need answers, they need to get through. But of course, um, you know, what's really tied to that is are we improving outcomes for our students? And so and some of the work that we do with Arizona State University, for example, they implemented inscribed communities for their math students, um, their first year math students, so that you know, any student that was learning college algebra, for example, across the institution, no matter what course section they were in, got put into a shared learning community together and were encouraged to go, um, to go there when they had questions about their math. And in just one semester, they improved outcomes for those students by eight and a half percent. Um, and had a significant drop in the number of students that withdrew from the class and very positive responses from the students just um, more qualitatively about their experiences in the community. So getting to see how it, it's not just, you know, um, a good resource, but it actually can improve the success rates for your students is always very powerful to see. Um, and then we're always balancing that with this concept of efficiency. Like, are we actually saving the institution time and energy? And we just released a case study that we did with Western Governors University Academy, so WGU Academy. Um, and they saw after implementing Inscribe a 23% decrease in the number of support, inbound support inquiries that they were getting. So 
that duplicate question that they were getting over and over and over again by answering it once in the community, they actually saved a huge amount of time for their support teams, which they can then spend on activities, you know, that require more human intervention and more higher level um, type of skills. That's great. Oh my gosh. And I love, I know institutions love to hear that so they can use those human capital resources elsewhere. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And so we, you said practical, then the efficiency, and I think you said there was oh, there's a third one, yeah. Yep. So the, and then the third one is really that human side of the platform, and um, you know, I, and we have so many examples of this where students are just building each other up and helping to encourage each other and making sure people don't get discouraged. But one of my favorites actually goes back to the math course because I think people will say. You know, there's nothing social about math. Math is just like learning the facts and figures and let's get out the door. But every time we launch a community around math within the first day, somebody goes in and posts, I've never been a math student. I haven't done math in 10 years. I don't think I'm going to get through this class. And to just see the number of students that jump in and say, oh, me too. We were in this together. Do you want to form a study group? You know, the immediate outpouring. That is one or a set of students now who realize they're not in it alone realize they're not the only one that's feeling this. And now the instructor has visibility into, okay, I have this set of students who's feeling anxious. You know, maybe I can do some things proactively for that set of students that will help them be more successful. So just that human side of being able to sort of see into the minds of students and really understand what their worries and concerns and where they're excited um, has so much value as well. Yes, and I think that just adds to the that actually adds to the growth and the aspect of the learning in the classroom as well. Like you're saying, it just, it gives them, they feel confident, they feel comfortable and safe in that space, even though they're not that maybe when they're asking questions, they're not in the learning, they're not in the learning space, but they're still gaining that, you know, that security or that comfort level. I love that so much because, you know, when I first started this podcast, I was like, we're not going to, we're going to talk to traditional educational technologies, but we also have to, highlight the ones that are on the peripheral or on the outside because they support so much outside of the classroom that impacts the inside of the classroom. 100%. Totally yep. agree. Yep. So let's talk about COVID. We're coming up <laughs> soon on two years of COVID. Um, so how how have things at Inscribe been impacted by COVID? How are you shifting? Are things changing? You know, what's happening since, since the pandemic and what are you guys doing about it all? Right. So, so two lenses on that. Organizationally, um, other than just sort of the human, like each of our individual employees kind of going through this process together and having kids show up on Zoom. We've always been a distributed company. We never had a centralized office that people came into. So that we were well, you know, set up from that perspective for everyone to work from home and um, continue to grow in that way. Um, And we've been, you know, helping other ed tech startups who are making that shift to virtual think through some of the ways that we continue to main culture, maintain culture and connection and onboard new, new employees when you're in this 100% virtual world. Um, so that's been really exciting. But um, from, a, from a customer standpoint and a market standpoint, what was interesting is that, you know, I mentioned that we work primarily with non-traditional students. We do a lot of work with online programs. Well, all of a sudden with COVID, every student was immediately, you know, fell into this non-traditional. Exactly, bias. yeah. 
And we saw institutions, more traditional institutions who I think had not really thought about the idea that there might be other ways to support and connect their learners or not see a need for that, recognize, oh geez, um, our traditional systems are not gonna continue to work uh, in this new landscape. And even now with everybody returning to campus and um, I think there's still that recognition of there are things that we can be doing to connect more easily with students to help them connect with each other. And so we're seeing a lot of interest, especially in this concept of community and community building and belonging across a much wider set of organizations now. So we do our best to kind of help them think through those models and those opportunities. We have a institutional assessment that we've created. People can find on our website that help people just like evaluate their own community strategy and their own virtual connectivity strategy on campus um, and provide some recommendations back to them on simple things that they can do with or without Inscribe to, to improve that process. So um, being able to be a thought leader for institutions as they go through this, I think was also very rewarding for us, but you know, we all wish we wouldn't have had to go through it in the first place, of course. Yeah, I think, I, but it's good that companies like yours existed because that's what pulled us through it is that we had that this level of support that was needed um and and it was just there for the students and the learners and you know can't thank you enough for all that you're doing in this space and you know like you said you're offering resources like free on your website you're not just locking things down you're you're sharing um outside of the confines of, of your company and and you know being thought leaders and i think that's fantastic no, you know, we believe in community and collaboration. Yes, and sharing, so. <laughs> I do too. And I love it when the silos break down because that's what it, that's what it's all about, you know, yeah. on a, and on a global scale too, is just thinking about how we can all unify ourselves in, in that aspect by, by sharing resources and offering support. So definitely yes. things to look forward to in the future. All right, Katie. So we are wrapping up things here and I have two final questions for you um, before I let you go. So I want to know, you did a great job, you know, just, you know, with ever answering all the questions and talking about Inscribe. I want to know, is, did we miss anything? Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share? And then I'd also like to get your perspective about what does the future of ed tech look like? So did we miss anything? And tell us about the future of educational technology. Yeah, so I, I don't think we missed anything really. I would just encourage folks that are listening to this, especially if you are an institution or if you're someone who educates learners to really question, like how do you think about community within your organization? Are you pushing the boundaries of how you define community? Are you working to be inclusive? in the communities that you're building um, and how are you doing that? I think one of the really great things about creating virtual spaces for this kind of thing is you two things. One is you encourage participation from a group of students that's very different than the group of students that might speak up when you're all in person or even on a Zoom, you know, in a synchronous setting. Um, students are shy, a lot of people are introverted, and when they have the opportunity to, to sort of take their own time and participate in their own way, you'll see a very different population of folks step up to be part of that conversation. Um, the other thing that virtual spaces do, by removing the time and space barriers, 
you bring a whole group of students together who may never have talked to each other. Um, even on campus, right? You have little groups of students that form and they don't always cross pollinate really effectively, but virtual spaces allow for that cross pollination, I think in really interesting ways. So I would just encourage people to think about that and think about ways that they might be able to incorporate those concepts for their students. Um, the future of education technology. So it's such a big question, but we touched a little bit on this um, before. I think we will continue to focus globally in education on you know, how do we reduce the cost of education and how do we scale quality learning you know, at, at a global level. And this is about not only the fact that we wanna educate more people, but also this recognition now that education is not like a point in time activity. It's not this thing you do when you're young and then you're- It's not a checklist item for sure. Right. <laughs> It really is. And of course, we've always been learning. Um, you know, lifelong learning has, it's not like we invented it all of a sudden, but it's become more formalized. And I think people are being more intentional about it. And so when you do that, now you have the idea of scale and cost and all of that becomes even more to the forefront. Um, so for me, what uh, there's a million ways that ed tech is going to help solve that problem. For me, what's exciting is this idea of the role that collaboration and community can play in that place. And it's not, it doesn't have to just be about collaboration within an institution, but like, how do we really form, you know, international communities of learning where we have students and practitioners and other folks all working together to help support each other and bring each other up. And so I think we're going to see more of that. We still, we certainly have some of those um, spaces out there today, uh, but that's what I get really excited about and hope that we all get to be a part of that at Inscribe. Yeah, I can't wait to become the dinosaur in the room. It's happening faster than I, <laughs> than I wanted to, but it's happening. I can't wait to see the future generations and what they, I mean, I talk to my grandparents all the time about the technology evolution they've seen. They're born in the 40s and they're uh -huh. still here today in their 80s. And the the inventions and the, the, the things that have evolved in the short 80 so years they've been alive is crazy. So I can't imagine what it's going to be like, you know, you know, when we approach that, that, that age, I just can't wait to see what's going to happen no. uh, with that. I can't thank you enough, Katie, for coming on the show and sharing all your expertise, everything about Inscribe and all the wonderful things you're doing in the education community. So thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. It was such a pleasure to be here, Holly. Thank you so much for hosting me. Of course, anytime. You've been listening to another episode of EdUp EdTech with your host, Holly Owens. You can follow Holly on LinkedIn. You can also visit her website at jollyholly.me to find out more about what she's up to. Please head to Apple or wherever you download your podcast content and leave us a rating, review, and please subscribe to be notified of future episodes. This has been another incredible episode of EdUp EdTech with your host, Holly Owens.